Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. everybody it's Felicia and I'm gonna start us off with a high five um I've always loved Zach Bryan he's a country-ish artist but take that with a grain of salt I don't really feel like he's super country but I guess he kind of is um but he's just a singer that I love he just released a live album and it is blowing my mind. I've never had a live album be so satisfying to listen to, like, not live. Like, it's live, but in your car. <laughs> you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yes. It is amazing. I can't stop listening to it. Like, on repeat. It is just, you can just feel the emotion of the crowd, which is really cool. And him getting into it, it's just really fun. It's making me happy. Ooh, that's cool. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. Um... I don't know if I'm like, wait, what's like your top, I don't know, three songs of his, just so that if I were to start listening to him, where would I? What's yeah. Your- so I would start with the, like, go to the live album. It's, it's actually called all my homies hate Ticketmaster. Why? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's his live show in Denver and I would listen to Godspeed, um, Burn, 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 and Snow. Okay. Godspeed. Three. Okay. All listeners, it's an assignment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I'm excited. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm bad. I feel like I don't – well, no, sorry. Let me repeat that. I am – I'm a good person. I just am not bad. I'm bad at – Knowing when new music comes out, I feel like I'm, like, so behind on the times. So when people introduce songs to me, I mean, it could be years old. And I'm like, wow, I'm loving this. So I love when people give me new music because it's all, always new to me. So this is good. Okay. Yeah. On my list, I'm excited. Okay. <clears throat> um, and that's actually really cool that his live that you're loving his live album because I'm with you. I feel like a lot of times live is often not as good as just the recording. Yes. So that's fun that like it actually kind of adds to the experience of listening to him. Awesome. Yeah, and I think they recorded it this specific one to release live, so the sound quality is mm. good. Where a lot of live, you're just like you hear too much background noise and it's weird. So it's like it's a really cool, like unique experience. Okay, cool. Okay, well you've got me excited. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to it today. Um, okay. Well, mine is actually a facepalm and that is too. I, um, I have one of those little choppers. We've talked about it. I think maybe before in the podcast, I know I've put it in the email because I actually love my chopper whenever I'm making salsa or like a cast, like a breakfast casserole or something where I'm like going to be chopping a lot of things at once. It's just awesome. Cause it makes it so easy. Everything's uniform. So I actually, I love my chopper and I would recommend that that part is <laughs> 
but I was making a, a week or two ago, I was making, I was actually making a breakfast casserole for a wedding shower that me and you went to Felicia. And so I was like, just quickly, like throwing it all in, like throwing the onions. Throwing. So I was like chopping, chopping, chopping. And I got to my last thing that I was going to chop and <clears throat> I went to put it down and I couldn't get it all the way. So I like got up over it on the counter. Like I like got <laughs> close to it and pushed it down. But so like putting my full weight on chopping it, but in me getting close to the chopper to put my weight on it, I got like some belly skin, like a little bit of my belly skin, not in the, the blade part of the chopper, oh, but yeah. the <laughs> chopper. So like when I pushed down, it like pinched just a tiny part of my skin. Oh. It hurt so bad. Like, oh. As soon as I looked at it, you know how it wasn't, it wasn't like bleeding, like bleeding was coming out of my skin, but like it looked like, yes. it like that skin where it was like, it's like, like the inside immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was so painful. And I felt like such a dum dum because it's like, oh my God, how did I do that? I don't even know. And Cam came into the room like really soon after. And I didn't tell him about it at first because I was like, this is embarrassing. But I kept like looking at it and I was like, Cam, this is sad. <laughs> I pinched my skin so hard. Anyway, oh my gosh. She's like, how did that happen? Because it did look, I mean, it was tiny, but I mean, it looked pretty nasty right at the get-go so anyway face palm to that and if you have one of those choppers or if you're gonna get one just beware of yourself <laughs> make that mistake but just anyway. get a mallet if it gets stuck <laughs> anyway yeah not good oh, there's nothing worse than like really dumb around the house injuries to just piss me off like yeah <laughs> I remember well, just last night, we have one of those sliding closet doors and it was kind of getting stuck in the slider and I was getting frustrated trying to like get it back up. And I, there was like a little side table inside this closet. And when I was like trying to maneuver it in, the side table fell and like, it was, it's like a metal little side table and I crushed my toe and I was just like, oh. Oh. like it brings... <clears throat> me so much rage once I was we were moving and there was a metal bed frame and I was walking someone had knocked on the front door and I'm in the middle of moving so I'm already like how dare you knock when I'm in such a moment yeah. like no one should be knocking right now and I go to go to the front door and hit my shin so hard on the metal bed frame it's like eating yeah. and I open the door and it's a dice or a hoover vacuum whatever those guys sells guy <laughs> and i just like lose it i i'm so bugged at this guy like we don't need traveling vacuum salesman it's 2020 don't knock on my door like i was so <laughs> not it there's like nothing like those moments where it's like the dumbest injury around your house to just make you oh so it almost like hurts more because it's so dumb yeah. <laughs> And a shin, well, a shin or a toe. I mean, really anywhere. But the shin is the worst because there's no muscle, no meat on it pushing the blow. It's just straight bone. Yeah, shins are the worst. A belly's just kind of offensive because it seems like it wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, how did this even happen? It feels like pure stupidity that brought me to that. But anyway, I'm being a little hard on myself. I mean, I... 
I can see why I got there, but also it was like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> yeah. And it, it hurt too. Cause I think I even went swimming the next day and it was one of those injuries that was like so small, but it would like rub on my swimsuit. I don't know. There was like stuff where I was like, this is not fun. How did this happen? And I don't feel like I get hurt. Like I feel bad. It actually gave me a little greater empathy for my kids because I feel like they get hurt all the time because they're just little and they're figuring out their bodies and they get like scrapes. And whenever I get stuff, like maybe not that, but I did scrape my knee not that long ago. And I was like, man, that actually does hurt. And I feel like they get it a lot. So it gave me like a little bit more. I mean, I always feel sad for them, but also it happens so much that it's like, I almost forget how much it hurts until yeah. I get hurt. And I'm like, oh yeah, that really does. That was painful. Oh, anyway, that's a good point. So yeah, yeah. Pie, face palm to hurting yourself when <laughs> it feels like it shouldn't have happened. But when you feel like you brought it to yourself, that's yeah. uh, anyway. Okay. Well, what we are gonna talk about today, I'm really excited about because we're talking about the phenomenon of uh, a phenomenon is probably not even the right word. It's not the right word for this, but just when it happens that it's like when you've been in the position where it feels like, uh, you're constantly being barraged by like the mom, 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 like mom, watch this, check this out, mom, do this. It feels, it happens all the time. And Felicia actually brought this up because we were reading a book. Uh, it's called the emotionally intelligent child by got John Gottman. It was really good. But in there, there's just a quick line that says something like uh, <laughs> it's like a, a fleeting line that he's talking about something else. But Felicia texted us and was like, okay, like we should talk about this because it's true. It says that a preschooler in general does three demands per minute, which oh. when you think about that, it, when I heard that, I was like, yes, yeah, totally. Like that, that fits with my experience perfectly. And I actually felt really validating because it's like, okay, that's just like what they're doing. And, and it's probably a big part of just them growing up. So, but as the parent, and if you have multiple kids, that can become very tiring and exhausting. And so um, we're going to kind of talk today about, first of all, what that looks like and some of our tips and tools for how to go out doing this. Cause I think for me, when I think, when I think through this, I feel like there's a range of things that I'm being, I'm going to use the word demanded, like within a minute that makes it, I think sometimes a little bit hard to respond in the right way, because sometimes it's like, there's one part of it where it's like, if my four-year-old is like, Hey mom, look at this. And he's showing me a bug or something that he made or discovered or whatever it is. I love, I love that. And I want him to feel like, I don't want to shut down his excitement or curiosity. And I think that's really beautiful that he wants to share and celebrate these cool things with me. So like part of me, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, Oh, like I, I want to show him that I care about something that like, may seem really small, but to him, it's this big deal. Like, I love that idea. And I want him to feel that because then I also feel to some extent that then as he gets older, when things actually are a big deal, like when they get to become a bigger deal, he'll be like, Hey, I can share this with my mom and dad or whoever, because they've shown me over and over again that they are excited. Like they do celebrate this with me or they care about whatever it is that I care about. Like, because it matters to me, it matters to them. So like, I love that idea. So there's like that range. But then there's also the ranges of like the either mom watched this 20 times of just like them jumping off of the couch or like doing a somersault or anything like that, which again, it's really cool for them. But also I can't just watch 
for the whole day. And when it's continuous, that becomes really tiring. And then there's also just the demands of like, mom, get this. Can you like do this for me? Do this. And they're not trying to be rude. They're just little preschoolers. They're little toddlers that are, first of all, you're like their main person. And also, but that again, that can become very mentally and emotionally draining as the parent. So it's like, how do we balance like teaching, teaching them like what's appropriate for them and in not being disruptive behavior and also showing them that we care. And I think, I think it is kind of hard to balance. I have, we have some ideas and stuff, but Felicia, I am actually really excited we're talking about this because I'm excited to hear more of what you do. Cause you, you have more kids than I do. And you've also been doing it for longer like how to handle this in a way that you can kind of balance those things out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think to, to speak to what you're saying, like as parents, we are looking at all the, we're looking into the future at how our reaction to these requests in the moment are going to pan out to how our kids feel about us, our relationship, how they interact with other people. And then there's also the or like the backside where in our own mind we're kind of like one it's too much and maybe it's just because I have slight ADD but sometimes I'm just like the input is exceeding capacity <laughs> like no, too much it's true so much noise just in general but then also like my brain's like I can't respond to all these things at one time yeah oh totally then, there's also like the, okay, we want our kids, all the things you're saying, I want my kid to feel validated. I want them to know that I'm interested in what they care about, da, da, da. And then sometimes I get in the mindset of like, does my kid think the world revolves around them? Do they think that everyone's just going to answer right when they want? Do they think they don't have to wait for when other people talk? You know, so it's like, yeah, these two competing messages and I think there's also a piece of it where it's like interacting with humans. Our kids are going to be interacting with a variety of humans for the extent of their life. And it's, they're going to have different reactions from different people. And basically being in a family unit is going to help them figure those out. So it's like, it kind of makes me feel like, okay, sometimes it's going to be a good response and sometimes it's not. And it's, going to be okay. Right. So the tips I have are some of them are geared towards how we can respond to kind of shape a like behavior that we see as helpful, I guess. But then a lot of them are more for me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, how do I have more patience and kindness and empathy in the moments when I'm feeling overwhelmed by the requests. Yes. Cause that overwhelm is real. Like when you hear three demands per minute and then you add on that there's multiple kids and then you think about how many minutes are in the day, that's just <laughs> exhausting. So I like totally, yeah. I, I'm glad you like re honed in on that. Cause it is overwhelming. Totally real. And I think there's a part of it that's like, you want to be in a good place. And that can be, that can just be like that barrage can be very exhausting, especially when you have a mental load of your own that you're also working through of you, other things that you're thinking of. And then you add on to that, all that happening. It can be a lot. So anyway, I think going into this, it's going to be fun because mine, so 
to start off, some of my my best tips, and this is uh, my best tips is like mostly the preemptive thing, and this is referring to like preemptively handling the situation, referring to especially when you're in a social situation where it's either when I say social situation, I mean even if you're at mealtime, like at dinner time, and your spouse is home, and you kind of are all trying to have a conversation. That it can also be like in a playgroup situation, like you're at the park with friends and you're talking with other adults. And then you have this constant barrage of like either mom watch or just like a constant interruption of whatever it is that you're saying. And that can be hard because I feel like if you're having, if you're trying to have a conversation in any of those settings, it's really frustrating when like your kid or kids continue to interrupt. And it's hard because I think in their mind, especially as the little ones, they're just coming whatever, like saying whatever comes to their mind. So I don't think they're, they're not trying to do it out of anything besides mostly just excitement or whatever they're saying, but it becomes really exhausting. So something that has helped me as, um, and I feel like I kind of have to remember to do it every once in a while, like, cause it does, I think it's one of those things that, like you said, in a family, they're also learning how to do these social dynamics of how to be in a conversation in a group conversation. So I think to some extent, uh, it's good to be able to teach them that, Hey, like when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm talking to dad or when I'm talking to my friends, it's not that you can't say anything, but like, we also don't want to interrupt. So something that has helped is cause I, I had, I had totally felt this before dinner. So I actually did this with Emmett and this was probably a year, year and a half ago. So it's been, it's been a while. And then I, I feel like I do have to bring it up again in a good place. It's actually better if I can do it before. So if I know I'm going to be going to situations, so like say, I know I'm going to the playground with friends and I know we're going to be talking or before dinner time, I'll kind of talk with him. And I, and it's nice when I do it from this space because <laughs> like I'm a lot more calm and I'm able to talk it through. So I can say, Hey, so tonight at dinner, um, like we're all going to be talking. And if you feel like you have something to say, like we're talking, you feel like you have something to say, will you put your hand on my arm before, like before, and I'll know, oh, Emmett has something to say. And then during like in real life, I do try to make whatever we're saying be kind of quick. Cause I get that he's little. So it's like, try to wrap up whatever the thought is quickly so that he can, I can get to him about what he wants to say. Cause he has whatever he's going to say. It feels really important. But I also want him to know that it's like, but what everybody is saying is really important. So like, we want to make sure that we're not interrupting. And he's actually usually taken that really well where it's like, okay, like I feel like we're both in on it. He feels like he's learning something, like he's getting big enough that he's learning it. Like if it comes from a really healthy space and then during the dinner, you know, like sometimes even right before the dinner, like say we say the prayer and we start to eat, I'll even say like, Hey, remember if you have something to say and we're talking, like, I'll just like do a quick thing. Cause I've already had the longer conversation and it works really well because he'll do it. Like he'll put his hand on me and I'll sometimes even like put my hand back. It's like, Hey, I get it. I, you want to say something like me and Cam will finish the sentence that we're on and then be like, Hey, you want to say something? And then he can say whatever it is. And that has worked well. And same thing at the park. Like if we're going into a situation, I've done it and I don't do it every time we go, but I, I will do it. Like it's probably ends up being like at the beginning, maybe it's every couple weeks. And then if I feel like we're slipping back in, then I'll kind of just do like a re prep. And the reason why I think for me, it's been really helpful is number one, it's helped for him to like be thinking about it in those situations. And, um, I think it helps him know like what he has to say is important, but also what other people has to say is important. And for me and cam or whoever I'm with, 
instead of in the middle of it, like having been interrupted and like talked over so much. And then at that point, you're at least for me, I'm in like a an annoyed headspace. Like I'm like, okay, like I hear you. And like, can you wait a minute? Like, Even if I don't say it out loud, it's like, that's my energy is like, stop, like just stop talking for a minute. So, and I don't love coming at it from that energy. So again, I've done it, but that is definitely a tool that has really helped me um, to like go into it. And again, I do have to, like, I remind him every so often that's like, Hey, this is how, before we go into this situation, this is what we can do. And it kind of feels like we're in on it together. Like it becomes like a team thing, but it's like together we're doing this and that can become really helpful. So that's actually been something really good for me and Emmett, like learning that. Yeah. And what you're saying, why it's cool is that if you didn't do that and all the time we don't, you, it could look something like you're at the park, you're trying to talk to your friends and it's like, oh my gosh, you're driving me nuts. Stop interrupting me because we reached the end of our rope. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to teach in that space just doesn't work. So it actually, it's, it's not that you do let them talk or you don't. It's how you are including them or not comes from like a cleaner place. If (laughs) And these other tips we're going to give will hopefully help if you don't preemptively plan for those situations to give you a little more patient skin. But what is cool about planning ahead, and there's also the the planning ahead that looks like, hey guys, we're going to, we need to all go get in the car for soccer. And that, so a lot of the times my kids in transitions that's where I can start to feel like that, like buildup of friction where it's like, where's my cleats? Where's my sock? Oh, mom, I'm going to bring this. Da, 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 da. And everybody's talking at one time. Mm-hmm. And if I can feel that energy, I'll just say, everyone, we need to get in the car. And then I want to hear what everybody has to say. Or some, you know, it's like those little moments where you know, you know, ahead of time what those moments are that are going to feel like a lot if everybody's requesting and planning ahead so that I, I do like the tricks of there's just less requests in general. Like this is where your bag always is. This is what we do at this time to even like make it less that you're the train engine that's like getting everybody to go. But um, there's also the, the part of the, the planning ahead of the little tricks that you're talking about with like putting your, your hand on Emmett's hand or, you know, humans really pick up on body language. And if we can use some of those tricks instead of our words, I think it teaches our, our kids something that adults naturally do. If we're in a conversation and somebody's talking, like you'll see adults show that they want to talk next with eye contact or, you know, even sometimes when I'm in a big group, it's like, I can feel my hand like kind of going up like, oh, I have something to say about this. Like, mm-hmm. and teaching our kids those little moments of like, when, when someone's talking, putting your hand on their shoulder or, or putting your hand on their hand. I think all those little preemptive tricks that we can do to kind of guide our kids to guess what? 
you can just, well, you can just talk whenever you want, but it'll probably be a harder life. Like there are moments when it's just not socially acceptable to be interrupting. And it's, it's like so easy to say that, but I think we're in an age of parenting where when we were little there, I think there's a lot more of like, you do not interrupt adults because it's disrespectful. And what you have to say isn't as important as what the adults are saying. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to move out of that and be more seeing our kids as an important equal. And that can sometimes look like overindulgence and turn into like kids interrupting constantly and not treating us as equal. So like, there's like this, middle ground that we're trying to get to and I think a lot of these tricks it's like how we mention always mention that discipline really like the root of that is to teach it's like Mm -hmm. if we don't teach them these things how are they gonna know right and I love that I mean in the home this is like the safest you know like it's like the safe place so if they can learn it in our homes they're gonna it's gonna be easy I mean of course they're gonna learn things out and about too, but hopefully they can learn it a little nicer at home, yeah. right? Like they can yeah. get it with a little more love, even though we're teaching them and be like, Hey, like this maybe wasn't okay. And I don't, we don't have to be mad about it, but also like, let's, you know, we can figure this out. Another thing too, with that kind of preemptively doing stuff too, because I feel like I've also gone to the park with friends and, um, Emmett will do the, like, he just did this the other day at the park he'll be like, mom, watch this, watch this over and over and over again. And again, I'm okay with like one or two, but also it's like, okay, but I'm not, I'm not just going to like watch you jump off of this thing a million times because I'm also in the middle of talking and, and you know, it's like getting annoying. I'm feeling annoyed. And I, I'm also here, like you are also there to play and I am here to enjoy this part. Like we're both here. And so again, I feel like in my mind, I have these warring things of like, I think it's so cool and beautiful that he wants me to watch something and he feels like it's celebrating. And also there's a time where it's like, this is draining for me and like too much, too much and like inappropriate too, where it's like, I also want him to know that it's like, this is behavior that is disruptive for everyone. So, um, something that kind of helps me like, cause sometimes I might not always, I don't always remember preemptively to do that, but I will say, Hey, I'm going to watch you one time fully, like, you know, like my concentration. Cause sometimes it's like, I'm half there, which I think is part of the battle because it's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of watch it. I'm also doing a bunch of other stuff. So I'll say, I am watching you and I will like show him like I am with you. And I'll even say, I'm going to watch you do this one time or two times, whatever it is. And then I was like, and now I'm, and then I'm going to talk with my friends. Okay. And then you can keep playing. And that does tend to work most of the time. Cause sometimes it's like, if I can, it goes back to the, like, if I can just give the full hearted attention, it's way better than giving the half attention for anybody. Like that feels better for an adult too. So I think about that sometime that it's like, can I give my full attention even for a little bit so that then, and, and get, let him know, like, I'm going to give you this and I'm here with you. I'm so present. And now I'm, I am going to talk with my friends. Okay. And you can keep playing. And that has worked well. Like I've, yeah. I've had that happen and that just happened. I think it really was probably yesterday and it went well. Like it was, he like took it. He, I watched whatever it was that he was showing me at the time. And then like, I went back to talking and he kept doing his thing and he was like over the mom, you've got to see this. 
Right. And I love that excitement, but also it's like, yeah, yeah, we've got to, we've got to rein it in for both of our sakes, you know? Totally. And I think that's actually one of the things I was thinking of is I call it the firestorm of requests. And there are definitely different personalities. Um, my husband's, his uh, nervous system, he more easily can tune out not just kids, but like outside noises. So this this tip is specifically for those of us who have the hard time not hearing. Like when I'm in a group, I hear every kid's conversation. I hear everybody crying about injuries. I hear every request. My I have like a more sensitive sensory nervous system when I'm in like places like that. And so this is a practice that I really have to do because I find myself in big situations like responding and taking care of other people's kids <laughs> like because mm-hmm. I can I can hear it like it's in my nervous system and I'm like oh I just need to put out these fires and then I can relax like mm-hmm. that's how my system works so my tip is to avoid getting caught in that and for me it's a big time practice of literally ignoring people <laughs> intentionally ignoring my children there because of what you're saying if I don't then my attention when I do give it is not full and yeah. so that is my exact first tip is put like ignore practice all the requests that like for me it's I know they can do it themselves um they're not it's not like her, it's a problem that they will learn better by solving on their own or simply I'm still talking and I'm not ready to respond to these requests without being frustrated and with my full attention. So mm-hmm. kind of in my head, it's like nine requests ignored equals one calm, kind, actually fully present empathetic response. And I just think that is better than nine half-hearted kind of frustrated responses and for me that really it really is a thing I have to practice because I don't necessarily want to respond to all those requests I just feel them building and like wearing down my patient's skin but I just have to get centered and ignore (laughs) yeah yeah well, and you bring up a good point that it's like when we when we continue to let the barrage happen, it's it feels like I think it feels like we're helping our kids because it's like, yeah, we're just go like we're just go, go, go. But in reality, <laughs> we're not really helping them because we are making ourselves crazy. Like we're making ourselves crazy, which then doesn't help them because by the time we it like leads to snapping, because it's like, ah, like right. exactly. yourself, stop talking or whatever it is. And then it's like, it's not good for either of us. Cause then we feel bad. It's like, well, that's not who I am or who I want, you know, like I don't want to snap, but yeah. I feel like it. So it's one of those things. I love the, the, the idea of like when we can, yeah, take a step back and realize I don't have to respond to every one of these and I can give wholehearted attention to certain things and choose and maybe even let my kid know like, Hey, yeah, now I'm not going <laughs> to listen for a bit. Um, I think it's okay because yeah, it shows our kids that it's like, I am better if I am not responding to three demands per minute. Or again, if you have four kids, that's like 12 demands, you know, like it, it gets a lot. 
then you're going to be in a better place to respond in a, in a kind, respectful way, both for yourself and for your kids. Like it's a, it ends up being a win-win, even though in the moment it sometimes feels. So I think having that mindset is also helpful that it's like, it is going to be better for you and for everybody if you're not just getting to the end of your rope with responding to these things. Yeah. And I think it's really worth noting that I think there's this subconscious or maybe not even subconscious conscious thing we think of like if we're being a good parent we are responding and tending and caregiving and Mm -hmm. those requests are a test of that like am like am I not being a good parent like my kid really wants a drink of water like Mm -hmm. I need to help them get they're thirsty you know (laughs) and something that when my kids went to school, I was like, wow, they are the most capable, independent, amazing humans in the world. They all of a sudden come back and it's like, you wiped your own butt all day? Like, <laughs> wow, you're amazing. And it's funny how like we can really enable them to be helpless with our constant responding. And mm-hmm. when I do this practice like throughout the day at home, just to pause. And we talk about that a lot. Pause, feel like the request building and it gets more intense. Sometimes then they realize they can do it by themselves. And it (laughs) is seriously magnificent when that happens. And I think that we're like building a muscle of independence when we do just give it a minute and they might come up with all the time. My kids want something. I am not responding to them and they'll come up with a more creative solution than I would have offered. And I think those are also teaching moments that sometimes feel like parenting fails. And then you're like, wow, they really are capable, but they would have never had the chance to figure it out if we were constantly responding to their requests. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool to see that, that independence build too in our kids. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. And I think you're right. Like it's helping our kids when we don't respond. And, and again, I think it's my, my kids are young enough that I am, I don't know, but I feel like I've done little bits of this with Emmett where it's like, if they are learning, it's one thing if they're like, you know, you know that they totally know how to do it and they're just kind of like asking you for whatever reason. But I think especially when they're little, I think sometimes in my mind, I'm like, in my mind, I sometimes think like, oh, you know this, like, you know better or you know this. But then I'm like, if I take a little bit of time now and say, hey, every time that you, you know, I'm trying to think of it, like every time you're thirsty, I'm just going to say this one. Like you have your water bottle and you like, if I can come at it from a space of goodness too. And again, this doesn't have to be with everything, but sometimes, especially when they're little, feels like if I can take just a little bit of time to even like do the, the teaching of it, then when the requests come, it's like, Oh, like, where's your, like, maybe you can say a question, like, where's your water bottle or whatever it is. Then it's not like, then hopefully again, it's like in the long run, maybe you're shortening it because they are learning skills. But I love the fact that you also said that it's like, and they can also teach themselves how to do stuff too. Like, I think there's a beautiful part here that it's like, when we are overly responding to everything, we also, it feels like we're being a good parent and I get the why because I think we've all been there. 
And also recognizing that part of being a good parent might also just be letting letting them learn and figure it out. And again, the home the home is a really safe place for that. So it's like, hey, you you have this need. Maybe I can help you with it, but also I I think you actually can do this. Like, you know, and we can we as their mom can kind of balance that out a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay, so another thought I had with this is that sometimes I find myself caught in a request that's triggering. So I may be able to um, ignore or whatever, buffer a lot of requests or or get to a space where I feel like, oh, my kid can handle this on their own. But then there's these certain requests that I've realized have like this underlying trigger. So for example, the mom watch me thing. Mm-hmm. I have a like this, I realized recently that I have this little trigger of like, my kid is not going to be able to do anything, achieve anything, do anything great without me saying, oh my gosh, that's so, you're so good at that. Like that, that was a trigger for me where I'd Mm -hmm. find myself thinking, you can't just get joy from this in your own experience of doing it. You know what I mean? Uh Or you know, like certain instances where our kids making a request and it's triggering. Maybe, you know, one for me is like, I did that by myself when I was little at your age. Honestly, can you just do that? Like Mm -hmm. you are big enough, you know, it's like, that's another trigger. And I think as we're experiencing all these requests, And maybe we're trying to pause, let them have a moment to figure it out. Also, just identifying ones that might have a more like reactive heat to them for you can be super freeing because then if you know your trigger, then you can at least say, my reaction to this might be bigger than the situation. So let's let's re-look at this and come to a more rational place. Yeah, totally. And be able to step back from it. Because I think it's like what you're saying is like, I want my kid to be intrinsically motivated. And I'm feeling, you know, like you have this whole narrative behind like, and I'm feeling like they are doing it extra, like because they want the extrinsic thing. And that's not what I want. So, and I think it's so, well, I think it's just part of being human. And I think it's part of being parent is we have these bigger things behind a lot of the things, like even doing things for themselves. It's like, I want them to be able to be independent and do this for themselves. And so then we have this whole narrative of why, like, it's like, well, I don't want them to just be this kid or grow up to be an adult that can't do things for themselves and is like enabled to do, you know, we have this whole thing behind it. So I think to some extent, it is nice to be able to recognize that one within ourselves because it does. When we have these big narratives, which oftentimes we do, of why we are reacting the way we are, it can be a lot bigger of a reaction than maybe it warrants because it's like in our minds we've had behind us like, well, you should know how to do this because you're like you're big enough to know and all this stuff. When in reality, like it, our reaction may not need to be that big. But I think I love what you said that it's like being aware of it can help us almost step back from it and be like, okay, hold on. I, yeah, I'm, I might have some more baggage coming into this, which is making me feel a lot more bigger feelings about this than it really needs yeah. to be. 
they just maybe just drink. They might be just be hungry and maybe they need this, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah. And I think it helps us get clear on, there's also times when our kids are having these requests and they can do the thing that they're wanting us to help them with, but they're seeking connection or they're feeling tired or kind of out of sorts in another way. And they're in, oh, Kim John Payne's Simplicity Parenting. That's the book. He talked Mm -hmm. about how kids will like ping the adults in their life with requests because they are feeling a little bit unmoored or disconnected or something sad happened at school and how they express that is mom I can't find my shirt and just like laying on the ground they they aren't adults and they don't have this emotional awareness to actually tell us what's going on so sometimes it could be a clue and I mean I even look at that in my life it's like I'm laying in my bed and it's like can you please get my phone charger I don't want to get up it's like I can though if no fully well how to I'm just like kind of not feeling like doing it like we we feel like that as an as adult so totally to to kind of like wrap up with a mindset shift that I was thinking about um the actually I have two the first one is just to allow our kids to have their desires and their wants like they are full humans they have desires and wants we might not we won't fulfill most of them, but, but changing your mindset to be like, my kid is a full human and he or she is allowed to have all the desires and wants. And I'm, I'm going to not judge those or put weird stories on them or make Mm -hmm. them right or wrong. I'm going to allow them. And I'm also for mindset shift number two, going to sometimes say no, like I am enough and I can care for myself as much as I'm caring for my kids. So I don't enter into that resentment of Hmm. then I'm responding to them all and now I'm resenting them because that's not the mindset we want to be in. So for me, kind of getting in that frame of like, they are allowed to want and desire whatever they want. And I'm also allowed to not respond to those or not do what they ask. I think it's like a freeing space. Mm. To be in. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. That's actually really beautiful because what you're saying is our kids. Yeah. Like it's okay that they're having all these like desires and wants and needs and they're voicing them and how cool that we really are their people. Like we are their main people that they they trust us enough to like care that and we can if we can we can still accept it without saying I love that that's like we can also care enough for them and for us to be able to say no too like it doesn't that's not connected to loving or even being okay with them offering up all of these desires and needs we can still right. say no and set a boundary and still be okay with them giving all that to us I love that and I think you brought up a really Good thing that I think is so important, I think especially with the, the mindset of how we feel when our kids are constantly demanding, because like I've read this 
with Janet Lansbury and lots of other experts that our kids, there's a lot of times, especially, and I'm more, I can't totally speak to as they get older, but at least five and under, I can speak to just because that's the stage of life that I'm in, that there's, there is a lot of things that it's like, yes, going back to that, it's like, I know you know how to do this. I remember listening to an episode, it was with Janet Lansbury. She was actually talking about a mom who was really frustrated because like her kid who was potty trained, had been fully potty trained for a long time. Then, you know, like right before they would go to preschool would kind of like either have an act, like not an accident. I can't remember, but like the potty training, but she would get so frustrated because she was hurrying to get to work. And, you know, she would get frustrated because it's like, I know you know how to do this. Like, you know how to do this. Why is this a problem? And you can plug any behavior in where it's like, I know you know how to do this. Like, why are either you making me do it? And it, and if we start to create that narrative of like, you are creating this, like you're making me do this or like you're being lazy or any of those things, it's not a healthy space. And when we can look at it as our kid actually, especially I think, especially in those times of transition, especially in those other things, they don't know how to like productively communicate that they need help, but they do. And sometimes there, there's plenty of things where it's like, they can't, they can totally do it on their own. They're physically, you know, that you've taught them but they're showing that they're having a hard time. And I think, especially in this age, it's like, it is our job as our, as the parent to just be on their team of like, I can see you need a leader right now. So I am just going to help you through this transition. And I think when we can see it from that perspective of like, instead being, I think it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, they're not being independent. Like they just want me to do everything for them. And chances are usually there is something under it that they just need. They need us as their leader to be able to just, help them through this transition or whatever it may be. And they're not always going to do like, it's not always going to happen, but I think it's that narrative that can sometimes trip us up when we come at it from a bad place. So I think you're right. Like being able to, we can say no to some requests. And I think also when they're little, it is important to know that like, there is going to be a lot of requests that it's like, I don't know why you're asking me this because you do know it. And I'm just going to come at this from the bigger person perspective and just, help you through it so that we can move past it. Cause either, yeah, you're hungry, you're tired, you're emotional, like you're emotional for whatever the reason is. And I'm going to be on your team and help you through it. So I think that's something that helps me too, of like that narrative that sometimes they just, they do just need us to be the bigger person in it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it brings me full circle to the, the just clean stat of when we have little kids, they're probably going to have something like three requests per minute. And it's just like, yeah, that just is. And when we don't, when we can be in like a clean mindset, not be triggered. And obviously that's so hard, <laughs> but I like just thinking of it like that's normal. It is yeah. what's going to be if we have kids helps yeah. me feel like, oh, that's just part of it. It's part of it. Like changing a diaper just is mm -hmm. what it is. So yeah, absolutely. Really great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>、hey、everyone, I just wanted to take a quick break and share something with you that I absolutely love. Those of you hearing this 
are most likely in Utah. And if you're anything like me and find it impossible to keep your car clean, your interior clean, I wanted to introduce you to Sunny. They are a mobile interior car detailing service. So they come to your house. So your home, cooking lunch, playing with your kids, um, or you're at work, and they come right where you are and give your car a brand new car feeling. The level of clean is way beyond like a quick vacuum. Their cleanings is, are complete deep clean that leave your car looking and smelling incredibly incredible. Um, I have them come each month and you save money by subscribing to a monthly bundle and they just keep my car looking and feeling clean because I am in it so much with my kids. It's really important to me. So if you head over to drivesunny.com, so that's D-R-I-V-E-S-U-N-N-Y.com, you can book an appointment. And if you use the code MAGIC15, you will get 15% off your first booking. So that's MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C, 15 at checkout for 15% off. And remember, that's drivesunny.com.